This is Song. And this is Sarah. And you're listening to Effing Ethical, a podcast about impactful consumption. Welcome back to episode two of our short explainer series, where we give an introduction to what is values-based investing. This is Sarah of Song and Sarah from Effing Ethical. And today, I want to go over this acronym that is thrown around all the time, um, much to my frustration, uh, not because it's lacking in value, but just because there's not a lot of understanding into what it is. So that acronym is ESG, and it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And it's used in financial products and financial systems and um, within financial systems and organizations for risk management. Um, So what is it? So first, it's important to understand what are the pieces of ESG, environment, social, and governance criteria. On the environment side, you're looking at, you know, what is waste and pollution? Um, How are natural resources being depleted or used uh, regeneratively, what are greenhouse gas emissions? You know, if you're thinking about um, a power plant uh, that runs on heavy fuel oil, there's obviously direct greenhouse gas emissions. But maybe you're investing in an agricultural company, and greenhouse gas emissions come from both the operation of agricultural equipment and the actual you know, crops or raising, say, cattle themselves. like That has a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. How is deforestation considered? You know, Again, we've, we've talked about agriculture a lot in this podcast, but is, there, is forest being cut down in order to uh, you know, plant more, more products? Um, and then you know, something that all of those really feed into is, is climate change. So how is a company either, you know, positively um, incorporating risks and mitigation with climate change, or how are they contributing to it? They kind of both fit in there. Um, So on the social side, this is, um, this actually is is a pretty broad category. So on the one hand, it includes like labor relations and working conditions. Um, It also includes the community that a company or project might might impact. It includes within working conditions, child labor and slave labor. We talked a little bit about how um, that might be in your supply chain. So, you know, social really can look at the supply chain as well. It also might consider, you know, is a company operating in a conflict area? How are the company's practices kind of how to um, responding to or impacted by um, the conflict area? Um, and then finally, governance. Uh, and this, um, again, is actually quite broad. It can include the board diversity, the structure of your board. Um, it also includes donations to political lobbying organizations. Uh, importantly, it also includes executive remuneration. So how much are the executives of an organization being paid? Um, it also can look at the tax strategy of, of the organization. So you know, these three areas are are really broad, right? Some of them look very, very inside the organization. How um, how are employees treated? Do they have collective bargaining agreements? 
Um, can employees raise issues to management? Um, and then some of them are more external, right? What impact to the environment does this company have? Does it have a kind of general ecological impact? Um, one kind of piece of that is, is there a broad impact to an ecosystem that this company is just one piece of? Mining, for example, one mine might have you know, one local impact. But what if there's a ton of mining in an area that has a lot of sensitive and endangered species? What impact is it having there? And that's something that, you know, you don't always think about. So these, you can get really in the weeds with these things. Um, and what's important to know about these, you know, environment, social and governance strategies is that you know, today when you hear them and you hear about them connected to financial products, there are, you know, there's data collection happening that's trying to take each one of these things and bring it down to kind of a score or a number. Like how well is the company doing in each of these, which is really useful when it comes to a kind of a consumer's understanding. Um, but it is important to understand that you're not necessarily going to see like, oh, like this company has this particular impact to deforestation. That information might be available if you dig, but you also just might see maybe like a score or this company has a negative impact on deforestation or this company has no impact on deforestation. Um, it really just depends on kind of what information is available from the company um, and how the investors that have created these ESG quote products have looked at it. Um, so that kind of brings us to how are they actually used? So they're used in a couple different strategies. One is risk management. So if you're an investor, this, you know you might be just an individual who's considered, who's interested in this. Um, you might also be kind of a professional investor, like that's your job. These are things that there might actually be some positive value add to your investment if you think about them. So maybe you start asking questions about you know, the employee relations um, and how happy your workforce is because there's a, you know, there's a negative impact if the company is going to see a strike soon because the employee relations are bad. So there's this kind of value add here that says, you know, we're going to look at all these factors because this is us understanding from a holistic perspective what the risks associated with our investment are. They're really looking at this to say, like, we just want to understand um, from soup to nuts, right? Like everything about this company before, before we invest it. So on the other side is this idea of, of exclusion or sometimes best of. And this is where you see ESG most often. So again, it's gotten... The term has gotten much more popular in the last couple of years, and the the financial products that you can invest in that use this term are much more popular. Um, and they're usually in mutual funds or ETF exchange traded funds. And what those funds have done have taken these criteria, and there are data providers out there that are looking at all of these factors and searching, you know, every inch of publicly available information from. Um, reports that the company themselves provide down to um, news articles about the company, right? You can actually learn a lot about a company from 
news articles, seeing kind of what the local presence is. If there's issues in a factory, for example, or if there's some sort of environmental issue associated with a company. So those data providers take all this information and put it together. And then the fund, this ESG ETF or ESG mutual fund, will go through and say, you know, we're not going to invest in funds that say, you know, don't don't do well in in some of these, or maybe they put a value to it, right? Like you get X many points if you do really well, you get negative points if you do really terribly in one of these. And we're only going to um, pick companies that do really well, for example. Um, on the other hand, one way it's used, and this is just really important because, again, there's no kind of standard to what all of this is yet, at least. Sometimes they're looking at best of. So let's say that um, the, the, the fund, they're going to invest in an energy company. They're not necessarily going to call it you know, a fossil fuel energy company versus a renewable energy company, but they are interested in investing in energy companies. And maybe they're even invested, interested in investing in fossil fuels. For them, they may not have sort of crossed out and said, fossil fuels cannot possibly be part of our investments because they have a negative impact to climate change. They might say, of all of the energy companies in the whole world, or at least, you know, that we can publicly invest in in the U.S., we think that this company or these two companies are doing the best across these ESG criteria. So that company probably still has significant greenhouse gas emissions, but maybe they have really excellent employee relations, they have good health and safety, you know, all of the governance aspects really check out. Um, so that's just really important to understand that if you're going to invest in an ESG fund, you really need to do your research to understand how is that fund implementing this, this thing called ESG? They likely have taken something like the S&P 500, taken all of those 500 companies, put them through these criteria and said, these are the companies that do the best in our environment, social and governance criteria. And we think there's going to be some sort of you know, positive financial outcome to making the investment in this way. Um, which brings me to our next explainer series. So our third and probably final <laughs> explainer series to introduce our listeners to values-based investing is going to talk about kind of what are the financial implications of a values-based investing perspective. Do you make market rates? Is, is there kind of no difference between values-based investing and traditional investing? Is there a positive impact um, or is there a negative impact? Do you not make as much money if you're going to think about all these criteria? So that will be our third and final explainer series. Please join us for that. And again, we will be back very shortly with you next week with um, our nuanced discussion about what values-based investing is and how all of these sometimes confusing criteria can come in um, and how you as an investor can, can think about incorporating your values into your own investments. Thank you for listening to Effing Ethical with Song and Sarah. 
Uh, We would love for you to continue on this journey with us and make this more of a community. So please visit us at songandsarah.com. You can email us at hello at songandsarah.com. And as usual, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can find us.